Hello and welcome to the Imperfectionists Monthly Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah D. Thank you so much for joining me. I have a very special guest this month. I can't wait to introduce you to this awesome human being. Hi, my name is Tammy Hudgen. I'm a visual artist and a creative sovereign, and I love to inspire people. Okay, before we get into this awesome interview, a little bit of housekeeping. My microphone has a little tick, tick, tick going on throughout this whole interview, possibly something electrical at Tammy's studio, but please bear with us because this content is so worth a couple of tick, tick, ticks now and then. Dinah D. I can, t- <laughs> I can tell you that. Dinah was one of the first people that I met after I came to Gabriola area. And Gabriola was kind of my introduction to really living life on my own terms, in my own way. I saw so many examples of people doing that, people like yourself. And yeah, so... Um, yeah, I'm a prairie gal, and I've now lived on the coast for longer than I lived on the prairies, um, and, but still very much in my, in my blood and in my bones. I really feel it. I was just there, and it feels like home. However, this is very clearly like living on the coast, and on Gabriel is very clearly my home in so many other ways as well. Yeah, and... Um, I don't think that I would have um, grown and expanded as an artist for sure. And maybe, I don't know, maybe not even as a human if I hadn't have come away from my more traditional kind of background. So my studio is this amazing light-filled building that my partner Ode built, and he actually lived in it as a house many years ago and has had many iterations before my arrival, although I think I've been the longest now and definitely claimed it in every way, shape, and form from top to bottom and edge to edge. It's a cedar uh, building in the forest under a huge maple tree with big skylights so there's lots of light and pretty much every surface is either filled with my art or filled with something that will inspire my art and every degree of things being ready to be packed to be shipped um, things that are just about to go in the kiln with my glass paintings that are completed paintings that are partly done I now have made room in my studio for a special kind of light and tripod and stuff for recording my my videos and stuff for my online courses. So, yeah, it's color-filled. And it's a little, it's kind of like a little house cabin. So there's a different room. It's not a great big room like you sometimes see an artist loft or something. It's not like that. It's uh-huh. There's kind of nooks and crannies. And yeah, there's something different kind of around every corner a little bit. And we're in the painting half right now. Sort yeah. of half and half. So we're in the painting half here. Yeah. And then the other half is your glass studio. Yeah. And that's where my big kilns are. I have two glass kilns and a big, big table that that 
that space doesn't get rearranged really ever because the glass table and the kilns pretty much need to be exactly where they are. That's, you know, that's where the plugs were put in and all that. Yeah. And that's probably good because I like to move things around a lot. It's, it's helpful for me. It energizes me and it moves the energy if it feels stagnant or if I'm just feeling kind of lackluster when I walk in here, I know that I need to move things. Declutters are usually the yeah. first thing because I'm a gatherer. Right. Um, happily, I can also let things go. So mm. I've got, I've got the cycle. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Cause I'm a bit of a collector of certain things and it's, it's the letting go. Hey. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. So the studio is really bright colors, lots of, uh, animals, inspiration. And, uh, when the light comes through the glass, there's lots of color through the glass. The breeze comes through and some glass tinkles in the windows. And yeah, yeah it's it's really nice. We've got lots of and lots of animals. Yes. Hey, you're really inspired by animals. Yes, apparently I am. <laughs> <laughs> I try to do something without an animal. I can do it in glass um, more easily do abstract in glass, but with paintings, I can get abstract like to the 99th percent and you know a, an abstract painter might say okay that's done but for me it's like oh it's not really done yet yeah there's not an animal I got to put some little animal in there somewhere well I remember some of your art way 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 back and you had little martini drinking fishes and this were you doing was that a uh, stained glass like actual yeah attaching little pieces before the kiln that's right that was stained oh, glass that was before okay. I even knew what glass fusing was so you've been going back with animals for Yes, a long time. <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. yeah, actually, the very first things that I made in stained glass that was my own design were these little. They looked like in the shape of jam jars, um, like the design was because I saw this glass that was so beautiful. Looked reminded me of strawberry jam, and at that time I was canning and stuff, and I was making strawberry jam. So it was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So I designed the little jar and I did the whole copper lid thing on the jar, and then I was attaching these silver spoons that you could still find them in um, thrift stores and stuff that had enough silver that I could solder them. And so that was hanging on the back of this little jam jar and the spoon. And, you know, like that was a little bit of my claim to my early sort of like people noticing. Oh, because when I would talk to shops or little boutiques or something that I wanted my glass in, they had an idea of stained glass. And then I would send pictures, actual photographs in the mail at that time. And I remember the one in Vancouver and she was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Yeah. Because it was just different. Yeah. So that was kind of cool how that happened. Yeah. So stained glass was where I began with glass. Yeah. Interesting. Tell us about your artistic exodus. Like, were you artistic before doing stained glass? No. Well, yeah, no, not really. Wood. Wood was my entry. Okay. Because uh, my partner at the time and I, we had, we owned a sawmill together, portable sawmill, and we did sustainable forestry. And um, there was a lot of wood around. Mm -hmm. And I bought him an acrylic paint set one year because he was the artist in the family. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, there was no way that not I yet. was the artist in the family. That was not, didn't even enter my mind yeah. that I would be an artist or that there could even be more than one artist in the family. Right. Like, yeah. really? I yeah. believed that. Yeah. So, and then he didn't really use it. And six, eight months later or something, it's sitting around and there's this wood and hmm. I thought I'm going to paint some funny little thing like this funny, weird rooster, which I still have on a stool that I had made. Because yeah. it's here's this perfect canvas. It's this really nice piece of Douglas fir wood and a nice little stool. And I love folk art. I've always loved folk art, like and the art of the people and kind of primitive. And mm-hmm. I thought, well, yeah. maybe I can do that because it it's not like all refined and you know the person. It's deconstructed. Were it they thought, animals? It was, yeah. <laughs> of course they were. Yeah. Why am I even asking? Rooster, of course they were. horse, chickens, yeah. Rabbits. I'm yeah. guessing rabbits. No. Um, yeah, I have a little, little You're tiny kidding. round disc that's got a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it started with that, yeah. and then you moved to finding glass. 
Yeah. And then um, that helped me to build a bit of confidence that it was possible for me to learn something new mm. that was more creative. Cool. Because up to then I had been, I had gone from either being total no ambition about anything and just going to drift through life the easiest way possible to being an ultra hard worker thinking that was my way yeah and then because it never occurred to me that I could be creative ever 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 yeah so how did you how did you break that you obviously broke through that at some point yeah it it was just that it was for me it had to be that slow easy um was there an aha moment at all to, to I can do this? As oh, well, when the, the first little toolboxes and stools I was making, I'm like, wow, I can do this. Oh, okay, cool. And my thing there was at, that my ex will re- remind me of still today is that I didn't, I, re- I don't like using measuring tapes and stuff. So with woodworking, <laughs> not so good. But anyway, so I was always, they always worked out, but I was like, yeah, you know, they were, none of them were identical to the other. and But that was it. It was like, wow, I can actually do things with my hands. Like my hands can create something that wasn't there before. Yeah. 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 That's really and cool. And then to decorate it too. Like to add the, it's like icing on the cake, painting. Yeah. yeah. And then I was just all over that. Were you cutting out the wooden shapes yourself too? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I cut neat. out thousands. <laughs> Really? I cut out things for other people to paint on even. Like I oh. I was a distributor. <laughs> and tiny, like tiny uh, little like um like little Christmas sock things that hung off a tiny little snowman with a t- just ridiculous cute. how much. Cuz I was making that my it's business. Amazing. Yes. Because I was working in a pharmacy and I didn't want to work there full time anymore. How am I going to get out of here? Yep. So then I started making enough of these little wooden things that I could start taking one day so work a 4-day week. Yeah. And start easing my way, you know, I can replace that income with these little wooden things. Ah, and I was awesome. so like, yeah. Yeah. I would rather paint a million of these little wooden things than, than be where, and it wasn't that it was a bad job. It was just, I was ready to be out of there. Maybe it just wasn't inspirational or just that you had grown out of it or, you yeah. know, some, some of us grow out of jobs or just we kind of go, wait a minute, there's something else over there. Yeah. And that was being on the coast. You know, I got to see that even in that job. I got to see that. Yeah. I saw examples of other people who left or, or my, my boss who found different ways to be super creative, like this ballroom dancer and a ballet dancer. And he had these things in his life that were more than work and just go home and hang out. Oh, that is so neat. And then Glass eventually found you or did you find it? Yeah. So then while I was still, I was still working at the pharmacy and one of my friends was going to take a stained glass course in the evening. And I thought, I had now been doing this wood woodworking and painting for a couple of years probably. Okay. Enough that I felt confident that, wow, maybe I could do that. Because I've always loved stained glass. Always. Since I was little, we had a stained glass window in our old prairie house. Yeah. And I loved it. And I noticed glass everywhere. Yeah the old glass bottles and I still have a bunch of them up here and a lot of your fused glass looks like stained glass because you put the black line in between like it has a similar feel yeah like that yeah Yeah. I mean because I still love stained glass yeah if I was having a big window in my house maybe I would want it to be that but I wouldn't want to make it I would get my friend Brenda to make it yeah she's amazing (laughs) she's amazing (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah so I and it turned out I could learn how to do stained glass and I did Mm-hmm. And and I did it pretty well. And then I started my little business on Mudge Island. Called Is little... Brenda who you did the class with? That original uh, no, oh, no. Okay. But it was where in her shop before she stood, she worked there, but she didn't wow. teach it at that time. Wow, yeah. really? But the same lineage and hmm. yeah, yeah. So the transition between stained glass to the the slump work must have been uh... yes. Yeah, a small kiln, like just small, totally, starting small, yeah. like little little things. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was <laughs> um, working away with stained glass, and I started my little business, and I was making stained glass windows and things for houses on Mudge and like wow. that. And um, it was a, 
it was a little bit painful, like making the little sun catchers and stuff was easy, but doing the windows, because again, measurements, right? Yeah. And when someone's built a house and they want this window to fit, and I was like, oh, it was so mm, stressful. Yeah. And I thought that was how I was going to do, do this business thing, but then yeah. I realized, no, I can't do this all the time. Right. I don't really like this enough yeah. to make things fit. It was <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh. So, um. One of my friends at that time was, uh, she's a glass carver, and she was, she mentioned fused glass, fused and slumped glass, which I'd never heard of before. Okay. And it was really, that that timing was kind of early in the, in the early days of actual home studio for glass fusing and slumping, because glass fusing and slumping had kind of gone by the wayside for thousands of years since the beginning of glass blowing. So fused glass goes back to the oh. to Persia, and that the very first glass is little amulets and things that are basically fused glass. Oh, but then okay. once they figured out how to blow glass, yeah, that just took over. It was yeah, easier. Okay. Not that it's easy, but it was easier process, and you could make bigger vessels, and and that took like for thousands of years. And then in the 1960s, some kind of renegade artists in the U.S. and stuff started playing around with fusing glass again. Hmm. And by the time I came into it, you know, much later, like whenever in the late 90s or whatever, it was starting to become where you could actually maybe do it in your own studio. Cool. And one company, just after I started, um, the stained glass company, they started making glass specifically for fusing. Oh. which means it's all compatible because okay. that was if you look at the early books about glass fusing compatibility is huge and so if you use glass of different coefficients of expansion then they will, exactly yeah and it could be six months later after someone's bought it from a gallery or something like it does it's not just in the time in the kiln oh isn't really yeah. so glass is a very fascinating very fascinating thing like it's a well just a sec <laughs> yeah just, i don't know i don't know how but it's happened it's happened temperature differences yeah i've like... had it even with me where in the early days of really yeah something will be broken later so it's been sitting on this on the on the counter or something and then you go look at it and it's just up and yeah, broken yeah and sometimes it'll just shatter apart right in the kiln like Holy i will put cow. a big disc in that's all layered with glass yeah. i mean this just happened even last year so oh. these things even once you're like seriously a pro and i would consider that i am with yeah. using oh, in the yeah. way that i do anyway yeah um i've had a lot of experience thousands of firings and i had a piece explode in my kiln just last summer does it wreck everything else it can it could get caught on the coils it could damage your whole kiln it, this well, one yeah. didn't oh, you're it lucky. broke apart oh good and then it kept fusing so those pieces uh, also all those edges softened and they dripped over the edge of the shell, kiln shelf did it make art or is it just pretty much scrap like what do you do then well there's one piece over there that i tried to kind of recover that's this odd shaped um mm -hmm. piece yeah i see that it, i never they're never gone forever but i can't always get you know, sometimes they become things like this, or wind chimes. The wind chimes, yes, or fishes maybe. Do you then cut a fish out? And It's very, very hard to uh, cut again yes. because it's been heated and cooled and heated and cooled. Impossible and then it gets even, it's, all, it's, it's, it be, it's annealed. It's become huh? stronger in that So process, do you have to so. break it very purposefully? How do you break it? Yeah, then? you can or break it with you? a hammer. Oh, sometimes oh. I have. Yeah, like you do. You <laughs> Really? It's I not that easy. I can cut it, but then when I've used my little my little carbide tip to cut, then I have to pound on it to get that score line to pop open. And it oh my goodness. It doesn't usually on one of those pieces it'll go off to the side. It'll break still, yeah, but it won't. Weird, weird way. So cutting a fish, no. No, there's no way. No. I'd like to see someone do it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely can't. <laughs> So, okay, so then you moved to Fuse, but then at some point you went back into painting. What's, yeah, what's, what's this about? What, tell yeah, us about so that. So after I'd been making glass for about a decade and had some pretty nice success and was selling, was, I was making, it was my full-time living. It became my full-time living pretty soon after I started because 
Remember that thing where I said I was a hard worker? That's what I was going to do in my life? Mm-hmm. Well, that really came in handy mm-hmm. that I did really work hard. Not that I think that that's the only way to create abundance and success in your life, but it was a way that worked for me at that time. Mm-hmm. And to really put in the put in the time to learn this. And so I did that. And then I got kind of like itchy feet. I needed something more. I could have kept stretching out with glass. But yeah, I wanted something very different. So yeah, I was in a counseling session one time and and the therapist said, well, make a piece of art about it. And I thought, oh, wow, I can't even imagine making a piece of um, glass art about this. Oh, really? Yeah. So, t- but to make, you know, because huh. that's what, as artists, we, we do. We're like, it well, comes yeah. through yeah. us, right? Yeah. You would write a song. or yes. So I was like, oh, how would I even do that? And that, what I did was I got a bunch of papers and collaged and scribbled and everything. And that was kind of this entry point of, wow, did that ever feel good? And that's kind of what started me down that line yeah yeah then I met up with a friend of mine um who's an amazing artist on Gabriella Sheila Norgate and she saw it and she's like wow you need to paint yeah like there's energy here that mm-hmm. wants to be expressed yeah. I, I think that's probably what she saw you know like there's yeah. and that and then that was that was my kind of like my green light to go for it yeah plus I'm still living on a golf island and we have buildings here and there and chunks of wood and like the stuff some of those ingredients that I liked at the beginning they're still in my life sometimes you're painting on wood sometimes you're painting on canvas yeah mostly wood yeah sometimes wood right off the beach not that's not unheard of um I like it like that so yeah so yeah it felt like a pretty easy entry it's to come back into that I mean easy in some ways in other ways it was I let it be like this great big struggle describe that what do you mean by you let it be I'm really curious how you worded that well I'm well I'm realizing now in my life that sometimes I you know I create my own struggles um and at that time I needed to work out some things inside of myself and that I believe now that that's how it came out in the painting painting in the glass and and there was this energy between the two of them and how much time could I leave for painting and the painting felt so important it felt like it was so important to me what I wanted to express there and and really personal and and kind of scary you know vulnerable I guess more vulnerable yeah because uh-huh. I had developed this confidence with the glass and confidence isn't a thing isn't a word that I would have used beside my name ever really before in my life I would I you know I would never have described myself as someone confident really no oh that's so funny I sure would that's interesting yeah no no bravado yes I can do that I mean I do feel confident now Mm -hmm. and I can I feel confident in my vulnerability too. Like I know, I feel confident that I can be vulnerable. You've grown into the confidence. Yeah, but back then, yeah, it was it was pretty, pretty exciting to be an artist that people were watching for and wanting to come to my shows and yeah. and and really be seen. I felt like yeah. I was really being seen, like yeah. maybe for the first time. So when you, you talk about letting your, it was in sort of relation to doubt, let yourself doubt. So you, you, you sometimes you're thinking about doubting and sometimes you're thinking about the forging ahead and the joy, right? Yeah. How do you process through some of that stuff, through some of the, the less confident times? Yeah, like I needed to work out these pieces inside of myself. So the glass and the paintings represented pieces of me that needed integrating. Ah, oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so they were kind of like the, in my book, I talk about it where like, there's the big sister who's, this is the glass. Mm-hmm. She's popular. She's pretty. Pretty much everybody gets her. Yeah. She's easy to access. Mm-hmm. And then there's the little sister who's, who's wild and, and swears a lot and mm-hmm. makes a mess and scribbles and doesn't give a F-U-C-K. Yeah. And, uh, and then they're going to live together in my studio with me. Yeah. 
So it was that. Those were the pieces of me because right. I'd never been a popular girl or kid ever in my life. And then I'm, it's happening with my glass. It's pretty. I'd never been like, I was, you know, I, I was flannel jeans, fl Levi jeans and flannel shirts kind of young woman. Yeah. So I didn't, I'm not wearing any makeup. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's how I was when I was in my 20s. Yeah, and glass can feel flashy that way. Like, yeah. Like, like uh, because there's a sparkle, because there's a shine, right? Yeah. Some of your work is down to earth and... Yeah. Maybe it's so. whether you add the gold leaf or not, right? Yeah. The magic gold on top. Yeah, the, I wouldn't the, have done that in the <laughs> beginning. Like, I would have thought that was tacky, even though it's gold. It's like real gold. Yeah, it is. But <laughs> it was after we traveled to Thailand that I'm like, holy shit. Like, yeah, I think more yeah. is more sometimes. Okay, yeah. let's layer on the gold now, too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this temple is pretty ornate. Let's let's cover it in gold. Okay, cool. What a great idea. <laughs> pretty much. Oh, yeah. that's great. Yeah. In the last few years, sometimes you're really mixing everybody together. So the wood, the paint, the glass, and they're all getting mixed together. And sometimes that's not small. Like sometimes they're like a camel that's the size of a horse. Well, Maybe the camels are more like the size of like an emu. Like yeah. Some of them are really big. Camille's just around the corner. She takes up a lot of room in my studio. <laughs> oh, yeah. There she is. Look at this, right? So, but the metal, you don't, you're not doing the metal work because you're, you used to hire that out, but now. Yeah, I now totally what? hire that out. Yeah. Um, I had a metal worker that I worked with for, for several years and then he retired and then my partner, Ode, took on that task that I thought would take a decade for someone to get good at doing that because my metal worker my old metal worker was very good he'd been doing it for decades yeah and Ode took it on and he learned it and he was so good like right out right out of the gate we did two of the biggest commissions that I've ever done yeah and Ode did it like it was it's amazing it's still amazing to me that he learned so fast he learned so yeah. fast and then yeah what a beautiful combination like I have a metal worker right here and he yeah. really wants to work. He's not ready to retire. Yeah. You know, he's really in. Yeah. And, um, and it's a business relationship. So, you know, there isn't all this mixing up of love and business. Like he gets paid. I have the jobs, you yeah. know. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's I like really to good. stay at the boss yeah. <laughs> as much as possible. <laughs> If at all possible, as much as slash if at all. Oh, I love it. Yeah, right. Have master of your own domain of animals. Some of it, and we collaborate on things now. Yeah. So as I worked more with Ode, because in the beginning I was very, yes, I love you. And you're the metal worker though too. Like you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't cross the lines because it'll be challenging for me. So it was all about boundaries and yeah. having like, no, this is how I want it or whatever. And then um, and then I started letting Ode's, you know, ideas come in. Because even actually right away, because on those two big, especially the one big early sculpture, like I'd never done anything that complex either. So yeah. it benefits me to collaborate, but it's not a natural place for me that I'm, I'm learning to lean in and I've gotten to have that experience by working more and more with Ode over the years yeah super cool and he was at a place in his life where he could make a transition towards being more creative yeah he was moving away from what he was doing before so yeah it's kind of the perfect timing for you guys too so in a way good. right yeah yeah it's really awesome that you can be creative together and still have your independence I think that's very very important yes yeah individual shops like you know yeah. I know yeah. some people hold, they share a building with their partner and there's divisions in it. So I was like, no, I need this whole. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I'm grateful. It's a real privilege. And I acknowledge that. And if yeah. I can have it, I want the whole space oh, yeah. just for my needs. You have post-it notes in certain spots around. So I see one above this painting here. Yeah. 
I have little notes everywhere and they change. Yeah. Um, some stay for a long, long time. And if I hear something that resonates that I want to remember, yeah. I'll, st I'll write it on something. Sometimes I make it more artistic, but sometimes it's just a post-it note with a Sharpie pen and that goes up so that I can remember. And yeah, so this one that's on this easel, which I rarely use the easel because hmm. it's just too flimsy for me. Okay, yeah. I need things right on the wall so that I can really um, get physical Push with it. Push into it, yeah, yeah. Um, but this one says go too far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, take it too far. Okay. Because um, you can always come back. It's yes. not like, you know, driving your car over the cliff edge, although it might feel like that. Yeah. Which is partly why I wanted to be able to, why I created the courses so that I could share with people yeah. that it's safe. We don't feel that necessarily, but yeah. it is because you, you were not going to die. Yeah. But creativity, there's a lot that's held in that inside of our bodies. Yes. Yes. And yes. if we've been suppressing it or, um, like I did or are not even aware that it's there like yeah. I was. Which you talk about a bit in your book. Go too far, do something risky. Yeah, does it feel risky to suddenly throw a whole pile of black paint right in the middle of that canvas? Yeah, yeah. and and do it. Yeah. And yeah. then I think that in the doing of that, I can get, you know, I can build my capacity for risk. Yeah. And then what, that it doesn't feel risky later, then I need the next level of what would feel risky because yes. that's never going to go away yes um and to just keep on leaning into that edge of of risk I guess hmm. yeah the notes push you to that this is this is what the notes are for to push you to that and to remind me I mean yeah there's different ones all over one of them is create magic and then another one is I am safe and protected oh yeah so never give up on a dream. Okay. There's a few things. Those have been in all in here for a long time. Those are kind of ones that just stay. They keep coming. You don't ever take them down and crush them up and throw them away. Not those ones. I might just leave up one or two. <laughs> right. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a really fun thing to do too. Um, the studio tour, I was thinking that's pretty yeah. fun to sell stuff, right? It's really great to sell stuff. Oh, I know. Isn't it awesome? Oh, I love year, it. you have a book. So there's going to be a book for sale at your studio tour this year. So yeah. It's a journey into painting from childhood to how you could to create. To now, pretty that? much. Yeah. 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 And it includes glass and yeah. Yeah. It tells the story of those two sisters. What's it called? Tender Brave Spirit. Okay. Yeah. You can find that. Where do we find it? On your website or is there yeah, other places? Yeah, on my website. Yeah, on my website and okay. from me for sure. But also if you don't live anywhere near me, you can order it online and it gets, it's print on demand and gets shipped out. Okay. From... And is that TammyHudgen.com? Yeah. TammyHudgen.com. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. And on Gabriola Page's Resort, that great little bookstore down there is, mm -hmm. has it. So They have great local stuff. I love yes. Can you tell us a little bit about your new, well, I think it's new, teaching? Yeah, it is new. Um, so the book kind of led to that. Um, launched it a year ago, just me and Ode here in my studio. So it was not a kind of book launch that I imagined. You know, Gabriel <laughs> has some pretty sweet book launches, right? People yeah. here love books and oh, yeah. love artists. And, yeah. and the book that I made was not the book that I thought I was going to make when I started the idea of making hmm. a book. I wanted to write a little bit about my story, but I actually wasn't totally sure. I knew I wanted a book with lots of images of my art. I just wanted that for me. And then as I was progressing in the making of it, I realized that it wasn't just about showing flashy things or whatever. Like I felt like it was really time for me to tell the story of how I ended up where I am. Yeah. Because I have these kind of conversations with people in my studio who don't think that they're creative. I've had so many conversations like that with people. Or even if they're creative in one way, they don't think that they could do this. All these things, all these beliefs I've had. Mm -hmm. And so I know them well. And I know the pain of it. And so then I really felt like I want that. I want to write about that in my book. I want to be more honest and open. Mm-hmm. Um, without going into tons of details because that would just be too much. I didn't, I'm not a writer. 
mm-hmm. know, I didn't set out, to, you know, not a write, I'm not going to, oh, I can't wait to write another book. It's not like that. It was like, I can't wait to decorate another book. It's more like it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I like, can't wait to put more pictures in here. But I knew that I needed, <laughs> you know, I wanted my story in there. Yeah. And hopefully to inspire other people. Or to kind of get the story out. Yeah, kind of to get it out, right? Like, even if I'd only printed one book, mm. it's like I needed mm-hmm. that yeah. for me. And then I liked yeah. it. And I'm like, well, I'm going to share it. And then I found that it inspired other people. Yeah. And then people who'd been asking me if I teach for years, which it started out, do you teach with the fused glass many, many years ago? Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to teach fused glass. I have a little bit with kids and stuff. Yeah. But it was I was never drawn to teaching, number one. And then I was definitely wasn't drawn to teaching fused glass. It's just, there's a, you need a lot of stuff. And then when I was painting, then for, you know, because I've been painting for 10 or 12 years now, people started asking about that. And how do you do this? And how do you do that? And do you ever teach? And same thing, no. Yeah. But so it wasn't until after the book that I thought, I think I could do this. Like, I think I'm yeah. ready yeah. to share more. Yeah, cool. About what happens behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and so imperfection, I mean, it's about letting ourselves be imperfect. Mm -hmm. That's a big part of what I'm teaching. And yeah, of course, we all want to make a great painting, but we have to be willing to make a really crappy painting. Yes, no kidding, hey? Those crappy paintings have to happen. Yeah. Or you won't get to that great painting. It's hard to recognize great until you kind of have a concept of what not great is in a way. Yeah. We have to let it all come out and then we can sift and sort. It must be like that for you when you're writing songs and stuff. Oh yeah. Which one of these am I really going to work on here? Can you tell us what the names of your courses are? Oh yeah. My courses are, my first course that I created is called Creative Sovereignty and it's, uh, the, the entry in is art journaling. So visual journaling. So basically making art in a journal, like a portable art gallery, art studio, but it's also about expressing personal expression in terms of writing. So we do all kinds of things, writing prompts and and then painting and collaging. Cool. And, uh, and, and all the places of just going over the edge, yeah. making a mess. Just pour yeah. that, just pour it on there. Pour that paint. Yeah, tip it upside. That's okay. Yeah. Just smush those pages. Get messy. All that, yeah. yeah. Because from the mess comes comes the amazingness it does like for me in my process that's and that's why the painting was so exhilarating and alive for me from the glass because there was so much more places to get messy and with glass if you get messy you get hurt you get cut yeah, you no get kidding. or you get burnt or you get you know oh yeah it's there's, so different there's a real risk to working with glass and getting messy oh yeah no kidding yeah and <laughs> <Ouch>. so <laughs> yeah and so um and that's why there's such you know when I was saying the big sister little sister and they're kind of fighting it out for all those years in my studio but now they're such a relief to go from one to the other because I've I've exhausted you know I've exhausted that creative impulse for the moment yeah and then go and do something that's so different. Go to the other room. Feels so good. Yeah. Go and check it out. And us yeah. Gemini too, I think, you know, the two things. Yeah, I think that that really works for me. So it's like what feels most alive for me and that's where I want to go to. And that's what I teach in my courses. So with Creative Sovereignty yeah. and then the painting course because people who took Creative Sovereignty, the first, some of the people in the first group, because I've only taught it twice. Right. Um, they wanted to go bigger and do more. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then I created Paint Your Wild Spirit, which yeah. is painting. And we, and we go from small to great big canvases and whatever, oh, cool. wherever that person wants to go. Right. And I want to support that. Um, are, these a, are these group uh, sessions? Oh, yeah, so this is you. all online okay. because pandemic, but also because actually that suits me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have any plans to teach them in person yeah. at this time. Okay. Um, and so I learned all of the the stuff and got all, I've got a really great online portal that it's really user-friendly. The students love how the videos roll out. And, and then we do a live session once a week for the first month. Okay. And then they own it forever. They can go and look at that content. It's about... The lifestyle too, right? It's not, yes, I teach painting techniques. Yes, I teach what I know about composition and color. 
for sure all of that and we, there's so much up here like in your head there's so I'm, and I'm, how I'm do po- you I'm live pointing and, in my head which makes yes it really, yeah how do we get out of our own way and some of those and then I teach some of those things that I do how I've been able to do it what helps me supports me in my life so that when I walk in that door I'm I'm already half primed not You're free the, to create you've, yeah because I've because I've walked barefoot in the forest that day right or because I've connected somehow with myself. Um, and I, EFT tapping is big. Like to work on the, yeah. even though this yeah. is a piece of crap and I'll never be any good at this and tap, tap, tap. You because tap all it those goes things, away. So you say it and then you tap a part of your body and at the same you time. You tap on the meridians that the right. Chinese, right. traditional Chinese medicine is all based on. Mm-hmm. And you tap out those negative, you tap and you speak to those negative beliefs. Because until we have them in front of us, yeah. they're the shadow that's lurking behind, totally. ready to attack. Yeah, totally. But when, when we can actually see them, then we start working with them. Yeah. Yeah. And go, oh, yeah, well, there's that one again. Because they're always yeah. going to be there. Oh, yeah. And they may or may not surface again. That's the thing about dealing with your crap. Yeah. You know. So just to be able to see it and be aware of it. And then like, okay, actually, you're not welcome in the studio today or whatever. So, yeah, I teach all kinds of stuff like that, too. Because that's totally there yeah. and I know it's so well yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you just you just know it. I know you're, the pain points <laughs> yeah exactly you, you're like oh here's that thing that's going to stop me from being creative and here it comes and you can feel it coming you, you know it's there right yeah I, yeah. I know them I know yeah. them well yeah more in the last two years than ever and I think in my whole life mm. uh pandemic yeah without an audience it has uh changed how I feel like creating Right. It's just me though. Uh, you know, I'm a different yeah. type of, I have a different outlet, right? Different. Outlets. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it sounds like it was yeah. a time to like dig into, like that will serve you even if it doesn't oh, feel yeah. like it now, but the places that that's taken you inside yourself so to, many cool to clear spots. and yeah. heal maybe that oh, yeah. will I, serve you. I know that in the end of this pandemic, I'll be feeling like, you know, powerful yet again, right? It's just, it's, it's nice to have the cocoon time. It's been really important. Yeah, I um, somebody said, hey, can I come over and help make plum wine? Because our plum tree is exploding, as you know. <laughs> I showed yeah. up today and gave Tammy masses of plums. Awesome. And I said, well, yeah, OK. It's just I'm noticing my calendar is getting kind of full again. Can I declare a personal pandemic? Like, <laughs> Can I just like say, sorry, I'm full? Like, so But the good. plum tree is going off. So now's yeah. the time to make wine. And there's sometimes with the way my lifestyle is which is partly agricultural yeah there's a little bit of like no this has to happen at this time and then that <laughs> in a way I guess it's good it, it just it gives me focus and then I have other outlets for creativity but yes well it's that make hay when the sun shines that's yeah. really is true yes it's it interesting it's so, because so like as a grower yeah. you you know that more than more than anyone and the yeah. thing what I think about that saying is that I've taken it also into my system mm-hmm. um, as many of us have I think yeah. however when we aren't farmers the sun isn't always shining so do we have to keep making hay Mm-mm. but we do like on some level I I used to think that I did because that was what was Right. You know, I'm soaked in that belief, right? I yeah. that's what that's what's in our culture too, is you keep going. Which is the work ethic, right? Mm-hmm. We're the children of the do too much generation. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. So so we're we're kind of just navigating how to be creative and how to fulfill ourselves within that paradigm of work, 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 success is success is success being able to not turn off, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because success is, it's an individual uh, definition. Yeah. Like right. what is success for you? And for me, it could be different for me and for Ode, it could be different. Yeah. Happily, it's not so different between yeah. me and Ode, but yeah, between me and someone else. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no kidding, hey. Yeah, and so for me, success is is freedom and spaciousness in my life. Plus, I'd like to make money selling my art. So yeah, I want ease and grace and flow. Yep. And to not create my own struggles because the struggles will be there. Mm-hmm. But to actually, you know, sabotage myself and create my own. Um, I less and less, but you know, of course, there's I've still got all kinds of hidden things in my psyche that are. <laughs> Yeah, you know working away but I'm on a consciousness 
path to, you know, be revealing those things to at least to myself. Yeah, that's awesome. talked about moving into your studio and feeling fairly clear about that is music part of your process when you're creating visual art what do you yeah I listen to music more when I'm painting okay and when I'm making glass I listen to podcasts and books on tape okay yeah yeah (laughs) really different things for different things yeah yeah and sometimes Mm -hmm. I listen to music when I make glass but not so much and I can't really listen to something that I need to consider the words of so much when I'm painting. Yeah. So it's music or it's nothing. Cool. And sometimes it's like a hung drum kind of thing in the mm-hmm. background. Um, something really mellow. Or sometimes it, lots of it is kind of like your music would, your um, your first CD. Right, like the folk Oh, oh, the swing club type stuff, and, um, and or the more folky. No, type. even yeah. older, the the bass, yeah. Um, yeah. that outer bass, that more feel, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Do you see how that would relate Definitely. a little bit to how that's what I want to hear Definitely when I, when that I paint? Feel, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you listen to uh, other artists that are uh, in that genre as well, too, right? Like kind of more. Yeah. Folky bass music. Yeah, 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 lots. Yeah, lots. Lots of different things. I don't when and I and I love watching movies. I don't. Um, and every once in a while, I watch a really great movie, and then I definitely yeah. look up the soundtrack because I like to. I discover new music that way that I had never heard, and then sometimes I'll buy the soundtrack. Yeah. And I like soundtracks too because it's a journey. It's created the journey's already. I mean, I I get it. Like when when you record your your albums you're creating a journey too by how you select which song goes where that's yeah. probably a pretty big part of it it's a huge part of it yeah. what kind of an adventure are we taking people on are we yeah. starting them mellow taking them up and taking them down it's so great do we ramp all the way up to an end do we do we start strong and fizzle out and oh yeah it's a big part of the yeah emotional journey that that goes yeah so i exactly. can see that in, in in painting as well yeah so having that, that accompany me yeah yeah, yeah. because that's the huh. thing i i never i i just have still don't understand buying a single song <laughs> i don't understand yeah. the concept it's i know it's been around for a long time now I, it feels new to me but it's not it's been around for a long time but i i want the whole like what else came with that song yeah like there's a whole package here totally someone put a lot of thought into what that yeah. was going to be like and where what came before that song exactly it after. makes a difference yeah. it's like it's a different putting different colors side by side yeah you have a really bright color and then you put something really dull beside it it just makes that bright even brighter mm, cool. whereas if you have bright 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 even though some people might look at my paintings and think it's bright 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 it's actually they actually have more balance than that in terms of like right. there's bright but then there's also colors that are like oh mm-hmm. sort of an army green but you don't really notice that army green because what you're seeing is the pink it supports the pink yeah it's more supportive colors so yeah, same which is really with neat. songs yep yeah yep some of them are not power pop right they're not all the hits they're what supports that song that you love or whatever isn't that great yeah it's really aren't cool. we lucky aren't we lucky oh. <laughs> we can listen and we can see and we can paint and we can do all that stuff yeah we can create aren't we lucky to get oh. this time on the planet to get to do this right no kidding, yeah hey? sometimes I do a zoom out or maybe that's a zoom in I'm not sure which one and just go wow I'm awake again this morning this is awesome yeah I wanted to ask you, what do you have for future goals? What's coming up next for you? Um, I'd like to... I had thought it might be this summer, but spaciousness and freedom, so I'm not sure I'm going to do that. But I had thought of having an art show in the forest here. So oh. not even have it in my... St- nobody's coming in here. It's all outside, yeah. and I have some big pieces that just... That would it would be really cool to take people on a journey yeah where there's your trails and just whatever wherever yeah and then there's art and then a sound some sort of music that might create a soundtrack to yeah 
yeah so uh, I don't know because it is summer now and yeah, I want spaciousness and freedom. So it might happen. It'll be really spontaneous. Yeah. Um, the other is just to kind of consolidate and really take in and integrate what I have created in this past year of pandemic where I wasn't doing my usual gallery stuff mm-hmm. the way that I have or art shows. Yeah. So my book and the two courses and just um, because it's also new and I and I created it as I was going mm-hmm. so it's kind of like putting uh, continuing to build the structure under that piece because that's those are going to keep going yeah that feels really important to me yeah that I'm sharing in that way uh and that it feels like it's a really a part of my um my reason for being here mm-hmm. which for a long time I thought it was really about making the art and then I started thinking it was about a little bit about inspiring other people to create because I was getting that kind of feedback. Yep. And now it, that feels really clear to me that in my little my little niche, that's a place for me mm. um, to live into more. Yeah. So building that, creating that, uh, strengthening the structure because it was yeah. built quickly. Yeah, there's a good structure there, but like, let's yeah. just, I'm just going to now make sure that all the windows are tight for the winter and all that kind of thing, you know, yeah. you know, <laughs> am I hearing a bit like the pandemic maybe helped you be less productive? Were you able to be more careful about what you produced? Is that, am I hearing that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say careful, but it would completely different kind of creating. Yeah. Cause the, the teaching courses or recording courses or however you're very about different, that, it's very different, whole yeah. new thing to learn that yeah. required a lot of time and energy and attention yeah. that in a regular studio year, I don't know when I would have al- allowed again, cause I could yeah. allow it at any time, but would yeah. I've allowed myself the time and space to right. do that? Cause it was, it's big. It was a huge learning curve for me, all yeah. the stuff. And a considerable expense, like it was an investment in a lot mm-hmm. of different ways. Mm-hmm. So I had to be really committed. Yeah. And I am really committed because it was exciting for me. Fantastic. I yeah. was feeling alive in it. And mm-hmm. if I'm feeling alive in something, then I know that this is exactly where I need to be right now. Yeah. And some of the other things, even as things started to open up and galleries started to open up, they were still, I was so in this fully yeah. enough that yeah. they took a little bit of a back seat. And they still kind of are because again, I want the spacious and freedom in my life too, yeah. right? So, yeah, I'm balanced. You know, it's yeah. that's a bit of do what you want, and a little bit of also, you know, reflect back on what what what's out there and what what's needed, right? Yes, exactly. People need to know how to be more creative, so it's there's a need. There's they a, want, a yeah, and there. they want the. It's like people want permission. People need permission. I needed permission. Yeah. And um, how can I do that in a gentle, you know, compassionate and yet, yeah, let's move. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Yeah. Can I ask you how you decide what pieces you're going to keep in your studio? What, what, how do you decide which pieces will be inspiration? Like how, is, are there certain paintings you're like, that painting will never go anywhere, but it'll always stay with us somehow. How do you decide that? Hmm. That's a good question. Is it what's happening when you're doing it or is it? No. no. Okay. No, okay. no. And sometimes something that feels like I want to keep this for a long time, but then when I get the time with it, it's, I can let it go. Right. So I think if I was feeling like I didn't, if everything I was making had a destination while I was making it, let's just say. Mm-hmm. That would, I think it would be a different, I would answer the question differently. Okay. But that's not really true. Yeah. Because um, especially with the painting, I have a lot of freedom and um, to decide how much time I'm going to spend with it. And I think, you know, like the glass, my glass became kind of unexpectedly popular. I didn't know. Mm. Yeah. And being the hard worker, I wanted to fulfill every request. Mm -hmm. And it was selling everywhere. Yeah. It was like, wow, I can't even believe my good fortune. I'm making money by making things with my own hands and these things that I dream up. Yeah. And, um, And so then with the paintings, 
I don't have all that gallery representation. Yeah. You know, I've had them in, in a couple galleries over the years, and that's been good. But I think it's good, actually, in a strange way. But it's left it to be more... You know, it's up to me if it goes out for sale. Right. I don't have a gallery waiting yeah. for me to send them things. Right. And I used to think I wanted that, but um, I know what it's like with the glass, and I love it, and I'm happy to show up in that way. However, you know, maybe the paintings needed to be different. Maybe yeah. I needed another place where it could feel different. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I think... I love them all. I love lots of them. Some of them I don't like at all, and I never, ever end up liking, and I end up painting over them. You know, there might be six paintings under there. And sometimes I paint over one, and I think, man, that was way better before. Still, the impulse is there. Yeah. And the more clear that I can be <laughs> about what where that impulse is coming from, mm. because sometimes it's, um, hmm, how to describe that? I think it's just, it, it involves self-awareness. I don't mm. u very often paint over something that, that I wish I wouldn't have. Okay, yeah. Because okay. I know that I can go too far and I can come back. Right. And most of the time, yeah. it's become a better painting. But there's a place in the middle, I don't know, maybe, it's got to be like that with songwriting too, where you're just, you feel a little bit like you're wrestling it. Um, but there's an, you're still energized and you're connected with it. Yeah. You haven't gotten bored. Yeah. No, it happens for sure with songwriting, especially with someone else. And it's a really interesting process to hit the doldrums, so to speak, because um, now you're in the boat and you're in the middle of the water. What now? I might as well go fishing, you know? So you find something else to do or go crack a bottle of wine or just go for a walk or whatever. Yeah. So with someone else in the songwriting process, it's easier to break it because you can say, let's change our atmosphere and go somewhere else. Right. For me. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And that's part of what I teach in the courses is if you're just having a hard time with the painting, I mean, yeah. this is in one of the videos, huh. right before you, you know, you're just like, I am so tired that I don't know what to do. Take your paintbrush and a big, you know, like out of a paint can, like, mm. and just swipe it right across the whole thing and then walk, walk away, away. Yeah. and start tapping. Even though that painting is a piece of crap, I deeply and completely love, forgive, and accept myself. <laughs> and then <laughs> you just tapping tap. all your spots on your body up and, and down the, your meridians. Yeah. And, and then yeah. you, you're out. You're walking. Yeah. You're out yeah. of there. You're out of that space. You're away from that piece that you're struggling yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. And then you break the spell. Mm -hmm. And especially important for people who work from home, who have their studios and their offices at home, it's important to be able to walk away because yeah. it's not always easy. And especially during the lockdowns for people in the city. OMG. I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah. I, I'm so grateful. And I acknowledge that it's been super challenging for lots of people out there. Yeah. And that I'm so grateful that it hasn't been my experience yeah. here. Yeah, forest is right here. And I don't have children, yeah. so hats off to everybody who's really out there. Yeah. There's a lot of people, I think, that are coming out of this pandemic that are realizing they were more frontline workers than they realized that they were. Oh, yeah, right. I never had time off this whole time because I was the only one that could do, say, this job or whatever. You know, whatever. Yeah. I think that people are sort of just coming to some realizations that, wow, okay, that 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 pandemic took more out of me than I than I really realized. You know, like there's yeah yeah. I don't think I'm the only one. I'm certain I'm not. I, I think everyone's kind of like wow. You know, there's going to be research papers and theses written about this. Think of all the babies that had no physical contact with anyone except for their parents. Yeah. What are they going to be like in twenty years? Like, yeah. I am deeply curious. I was thinking that too with the little uh -huh. toddlers who whose first maybe year or two or year, let's say their one, has been only seeing people with masks and then now seeing like the full faces. Yeah. Yep. How, what that is going to be like in their little psyches. Yep. yep. The podcast is called the Imperfectionist's Monthly Podcast. If there's anything that ties it all together, it's this one word. When I say the word imperfection, what what's your what's your response? What how do you feel about that? Do you identify? Do you not? Is it something that you take in, or you're just like eh, not? What tell me about your feeling? Well, I love it. 
I absolutely love it. <laughs> and you it, love imperfection. Oh, yeah. And I love that that's your podcast. <laughs> if you were trying to be perfect, would you ever have made it? No. So that's the thing. Like so much doesn't get created in our in our world because people think it's not going to be good enough. And it stops people from creating. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah if we can let ourselves be imperfect, make a mess, not get it right make an ugly painting like mm -hmm. in one of the one of the sessions in my course like we deliberately how ugly can we make this fantastic make it as ugly I want. yeah ugly yeah. and yeah. then people are like at the end of like wow this is really cool though i really like my ugly painting right like, yeah i believe <laughs> it's it, free actually. there's a freedom and you can uh -huh. see it and feel it in the piece so yeah yeah, yeah that's it that's why i love the imperfectionist and, yeah. and if i'd have I mean, that maybe that's what stopped me from trying anything creative for decades. Do you think you were striving for perfection? Maybe, I wasn't or? striving for perfection. I knew I would never achieve it. And I was like, well, who am I to try and do that? I'll never be any good at it. Huh. But then finally the huh. urge overcame the resistance and yeah. I painted my first rooster stool and then that was it. <laughs> I love it. So you you're you're an imperfectionist. Totally. Yeah. Oh yeah, my god, cool. yeah. Oh yeah. You're looking for that. You're, oh yeah. You're adding that to your pieces. Totally. Uh, which is why I love coming to your place. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff going on at our place too. Lots, yeah. And you have the same feel here too, right? Yeah. I just weird love it. Weird and colorful and random and creative yeah. and yeah because of the contrast too mm -hmm. contrast is what feels enlivening or maybe a painting that's just all wild but then there's this little bit that's very precise yeah that's in that's interesting right sure that is. makes it enlivening so yeah i love it mm. i love what you do dinah oh <laughs> totally love what yeah. you do and i love your pod i love uh. listening to the other episodes and how you, in, you know, the interludes of different things and the mm. cabin one, you know, at the end where we make drawing our own cabin. And yeah. Just like, yeah. Just dream cabin for just oh. fun. That one was one of my favorites too. Yeah. Dream cabin manifestation. Yeah. Just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's another way of kind of being imperfect. It's like, yeah, let's just do this just for fun. Mm -hmm. Wow. What better reason could there be just for fun? Yeah. That's a great purpose. Yeah. I need to remind myself of that too. It's almost a better purpose than yes. for work or exactly. for money or yeah. for uh, gratification. Yeah. It's more important to do things for fun in some yes. ways, right? Yes. Because in through that becomes the other. Like if we can make, bring more of that into all the things that we do, which is, uh, you know, yeah. I'm not saying I'm there for sure, yeah. but it, it's a practice that I'm interested in. Yeah, me too. I was just thinking the same thing. I don't think I'm quite there, but I, I like the idea of heading towards that. You know, I don't know what you call that. I guess just appreciating imperfection and just enjoying the fact that you can go there. And I mean, Ode reminds me of it quite a bit. Well, just yeah. have fun with it. Just have fun. Just yeah, have Ode's fun. really good at, like, at, oh, at fun. Yeah, yeah, but this is serious. Because <laughs> you know, I can get really serious. Yeah. People don't necessarily know that about me, but I, I can be really serious. And mm -hmm. um yeah, and you know, well, this is business. I got to take it seriously, you know. Yeah. But man, the lighter that I can get with it all, mm -hmm. the the just the better everything is. The better I am, yeah. in my whole mind, body, spirit, and then actually, the more flourishing my business is, and my whole yeah. life, my relationships, just yeah. lighten up, baby. Lighten up, everybody. Yeah. It's it's hard though. There's so it many is. stressors, and then. Yeah. How, you know, yeah, people have a hard time with so that. So continuing to remind, and that's lots of what my notes around my studio are, mm. is to remind me to lighten up. Nice. It's not so serious. Yeah. It's not so have serious. Fun. And even the yeah. serious things, they're serious, but does that mean that I have to be super heavy about it? I don't know. Well, Tams, we've had a really nice chat. Any last thoughts about imperfection, creativity? I would say if you're feeling an urge or a desire or an inkling of a curiosity about anything that you're not 
currently cultivating in your life that to take a step towards that whatever that might be and just take one step don't look too far down the road just take the next step what feels curious and follow that Mm. step yeah take the leap or yeah. even a tiny little yeah step. even Just like a yeah tiny step because it. yeah um taking the leap is one way and mm. if it feels that way do it but if it doesn't yeah. and you're a little hesitant but still yeah oh i really love how those all those um vintage buttons really look on there i wonder what they would look like blah 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 yeah just follow that check it out you don't yeah. need to know the next yeah it's a mystery let the mystery be there and just keep taking that next step. The path you make by walking it. Yeah, sweet. Thank you, Tams. You're welcome. Thank you, Dinah. This has been a really sweet conversation. Thank you so much for, for your time and all these awesome thoughts. Thank you. Great insight into lots of things. You, your art, how to tread on the planet, you know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, cool. Thank <laughs> you, Dinah. I, it's my pleasure. So fun to be here with you and you're you know a wildly creative human and i'm just deep bows to you so thank you for keeping on and bringing it thanks i think we have mutual respect that way and i feel the very same good yay. buddy <laughs> yay <laughs> yay <laughs> thanks so much tam Thank you so much for tuning in to this month's episode of the Imperfectionist's Monthly Podcast. I'm your host, Dinah D. So much love to Tammy Hudgen for joining me this month. Please visit TammyHudgen.com. She's also on Facebook and Instagram, Tammy Hudgen Art. You can't miss her. She's fantastic. And thank goodness she's there. Also, extra extra special thanks this month to Ode Howard, Tammy's beautiful partner, who provided all the joyous music for this episode. Let's get to listening to that now. Go power couples. Yeah, Tammy. Yeah, Ode. <laughs> <laughs>